0: Hey friends, my name is Kathy Ritchie, and I like to talk about things that can make most people uncomfortable. And my latest podcast really hits a nail on the head. It's called Period The End, but not really, and it's about menopause. The fact is, anyone with ovaries will go through menopause, and most will have symptoms. We're talking hot flashes, anxiety, sleepless nights, vaginal dryness, even abnormal bleeding. In period, the end, I aim to give you more information from menopause experts because this chapter of life can be gut-wrenching, exhausting, and just plain confusing. Information is power. For you, your partner, your children, your friends and colleagues. The other thing, this can be an incredibly isolating time for women and now more than ever, we need connection. So let's get a little uncomfortable in this episode we're going to talk about menopause at work so we know just from listening to the introduction of this podcast that menopause can be an incredibly difficult transition for many women and these symptoms like those really heavy periods or hot flashes that occur throughout the day don't just happen at home they happen at work too
1: I had heart palpitations and um, was having a hard time reading the prompter, and then I got this incredible hot flash. Somebody helped me off the set, and I, I had to lay down on the floor just to calm my whole body down, and I didn't know what was going on.
0: Meet Tamson Fidel. She's an Emmy Award-winning TV journalist in New York City and a menopause advocate with the organization Let's Talk Menopause.
1: I didn't know if I was going to throw up, have a heart attack. I just didn't know what was going to happen, and um, and I started on my journey of going to some different doctors.
0: Her gynecologist eventually told her she was already in menopause,
1: and that was it. Not like, hey, follow, you know, get a get a follow up appointment to talk about hormones or your options. So that's when I realized that I needed to do some of my own research. Looking back, Fidel can now see that the signs were there, like she was struggling with brain fog. I was having a really tough time reading the teleprompter. I anchor the news for a living, and uh, my job is to read, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's really hard when, uh, you know, your head just, you know, it was not clear. It was not clear about anything, and it was, it was really difficult. But she also had endometrium uterine polyps, which can cause irregular and heavy bleeding. And because of that, I had no idea. I didn't even know menopause meant the end of a period for 12 months. I didn't know any of it. Today, well, she knows quite a lot. My story is definitely not unique, as I've come to find out, but I I really thought it was. The fact that it wasn't made me realize that this conversation needs to take place uh, more and, uh, and a lot louder. Especially in the workplace. It can be very difficult when you are uh, feeling like you can't perform, for lack of a better word, the way you used to. And it, it really takes a knock at your confidence. It definitely did mine. There was no question about that. And that's really kind of why I've I've uh, spoken up about it, not necessarily just because of the workplace, but I think that it's important that women feel like they can talk to somebody about it. So I, I joke sometimes, like I feel like the menopause whisperer at work because women will see that I talk about it on social media uh, quite a bit. And then they'll come over and be like, hey, I think I might be going through something. So here's what's happening. This, this and this. What do you think? And who can I talk to?
0: Talking about this is new territory, which means millions of women have silently put up with their menopausal symptoms because what else are they going to do? Not work? That's not exactly an option for most women.
2: Yeah, I mean, so many of the patients that I see are having significant symptoms that are impairing their function and quality of life.
0: Dr. Jewel Kling is a professor of medicine and chair of the Division of Women's Health Internal
2: Medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. And some of it may be that... The narrative around menopause really hasn't been there up until more recently. And so women either don't recognize that those symptoms are associated with menopause, are told either from their communities or for their workplaces or from other women or physicians that, oh, that's just a menopause symptom. You have to tough it out. You have to bear with it and and experience those symptoms. And because menopause is around the clock kind of
0: thing, these symptoms happen at work, just like what happened to Fidel and there's a real cost a recent study by the Mayo Clinic looked at the economic impact of menopause and found that
2: even employers pay a price of the 400 or 4000 rather women that we interviewed many of them reported missing work days related to their menopause symptoms and we took those numbers and if you look at economic data that translates to about a 1.8 billion dollar loss annually Kling, who is also the co-author of the study, wasn't exactly surprised. The beautiful thing about data is it can substantiate what many of us see in clinical practice, but sometimes you really need those numbers. So I think many of us that do this anticipated that we would see results like this, but it's really powerful when you actually see it, right? That 13.4% of the women that we interviewed reported at least one adverse work outcome due to menopause symptoms. That's huge. That's huge. So what is an adverse work outcome?
0: Well, for the study's purposes, the definition included missed days from work, reduced hours, or if a person was laid off or fired from work, and lastly, quit, retired, or changed jobs. And we're talking about a period of time when women
2: are most often at the peak of their career. And you can imagine standing in front of a boardroom presenting something important or presenting on a podium or, you know, leading a meeting and having debilitating hot flashes during that time. Just how impactful that can be. And the reality is, is people may not even notice, but if it's impacting you and your ability to really perform at the level that you know you can, that that's a big deal.
0: And just to be clear, women do amazing things under difficult circumstances all the time. This study shouldn't be taken as a reason to discriminate against women. Rather, this is an opportunity for employers to step up and show support and compassion in the workplace.
2: Another symptom that women often describe are the kind of cognitive complaints, cognitive fog. Uh, memory concerns and then uh, of course our our mind starts going to bigger things oh my gosh is this the early stages of dementia when in reality it's likely all just related to your menopause symptoms and is not reflective of something more concerning Um, but you can imagine you start adding all those things up weight gain mood issues vaginal dryness you know and and it accumulates to be very impactful in a negative way to women both at, at the workplace but at home as well
0: And it's not just the woman in the boardroom who's impacted. That woman might have more flexibility to work from home because of her position, whereas a daycare or nursing home worker, for example, might not.
2: And that gets to the topic you brought up about just how women have put up with so much, right? And that we're told to put up with so much from the time we start menstruating, you know, in our teens through menopause. The bleeding issues can be a huge thing because of things like tampon tax and taboo about talking about these things. That's exactly the type of things that workplaces could look at. How do they support women if they're having this side effect? And maybe many don't even know this is happening, but how do you give them resources like free tampons and pads in the bathrooms, enough flexibility to step away when they need to? accompanied with information and, and resources of access to health care if they need to have that evaluated or treated in some capacity.
0: Thing is, creating a menopause-friendly workplace isn't really that hard or even costly in some cases. In fact, a blueprint already exists in the United Kingdom. The UK's National Health Service or NHS is one of the largest employers of women. And creating a menopause-friendly work environment is critical to retaining staff. And what they're doing, honestly, could be done anywhere. Things like offering flexible work schedules, providing fans, access to cold water, staff training, even cooler uniforms for employees. It really just takes one person to start the
2: conversation. Am I right? And you're right. Like, employees can bring this to their teams. But I think it would be so nice if the employers were proactive and brought this to the workplace because it's the right thing to do. And ultimately, I mean, it's going to help the workplace, right? They're going to have employees that can show up and, and work and not be impacted by these symptoms or have access to the tools that they need so that they can continue performing.
0: Tamsin Fidel agrees.
2: She also thinks menopause
0: education needs to start early on, and why shouldn't young people learn about this aspect
1: of reproductive health care? It scares me to think that we have to wait till we get into the workforce to understand it. No, um, no. I that to be concerning. Um, I know in my own family, you know, my 11-year-old nephew, uh, now 12, is is on Instagram, and he went to his mother and said, at 10, you know. What is Aunt Tamsin talking about with this menopause? And he thought it was something he was missing out on, you know, and she said, well, you know, just like you're going to go through hormone changes, um, you know, all women are, too. And it really had to start at home. So I would love to see it when it comes to education early on. So it's just another normal thing that we get educated about. And maybe Fidel's nephew will one day be that manager or peer who gets it
0: and can better support his future colleagues.
1: It's a huge thing to wrap your head around, but it's so very necessary. I feel like it has to start at that age. I don't feel like we have to make it incumbent upon the, you know, the workplace to define menopause. I do think that in a managerial position, they should be aware of those symptoms so that they can help somebody. And I have talked to several male managers or people, men in the workforce or men who have watched videos that I, that I put out that are grateful for understanding it. Cause they do want to understand they're, they're going to be impacted by it, whether or not they have a, a female partner, they're going to be impacted by it because they're going to be working alongside women. Most likely yeah. they've got a mom or they've got a sister. And so I always cheer the men that are open to that conversation and that want to learn more. And I have found more that want to learn more than I found less.
0: Fidel has also been working with her employer's HR department to implement a menopause policy for the organization's roughly 13,000 employees.
1: And when I went in to talk about it, I said, look, I don't know anything um, about how any of this works. I don't know how we implement policy. I don't know what we do. Here's what I do know. I do know that menopause is a real thing. I do know that a billion women are going to be in it by the time 2025 rolls around. Fidel is talking globally, of course. In the U.S.,
0: more than a million women experience menopause each year. And remember, menopause is defined as not having a period for 12 months. Millions more experience perimenopausal symptoms starting as early as their late 30s and 40s that can impact their performance in the workplace for years. But back to Fidel's conversation with her HR
1: department. I said, I do know that a lot of the women here are coming to me asking me about menopause and I'm not equipped (laughs) to to be able to deal with all. I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm a journalist who's done a lot of research and talked to a lot of women and talked to a lot of experts, but I don't have all the answers, especially not legal answers. And I said, but I really think it would be a good thing to look into because I think that women need help and not just for me, but the women who are coming up behind me that are going to be in this at one point or another. The woman I talked to who was head of the department said "Uh, you're absolutely right let's set up a meeting and we did and she and I sat down for an hour and a half and I told her everything I knew about menopause things that were irrelevant but she listened and that was the difference. And she says to
0: move the needle in the workplace we're gonna have to be direct and yes it's probably going to be a little uncomfortable. I mean, we live in a world where a lot of people can't even say the word vagina without cringing. We're also going to have to be very real about what a menopause-friendly workplace looks like. The Mayo study predominantly looked at white women. But we do know that African-American women, for example, tend to have more symptoms, think hot flashes, which are likely to contribute to adverse work outcomes. And those racial and ethnic disparities might mean we can't have a one-size-fits-all menopause policy, and that's okay. But we do need to start somewhere, and it means talking about it. Or heck, maybe what you do is you bring in a box of pads and tampons and leave them in the bathroom. It addresses both period poverty and supports anyone who might be dealing with heavy bleeding due to menopause. Hey, it's about action and compassion at work. Next time on Period The End, we talk menopause and S-E-X. Most common tendency is to just fake it, get it over with quick, you know, tolerate the pain. Don't let him see that it hurts. And hopefully the next time will be
2: a good distance off.
0: And that's just no good way to live. I'm Kathy Ritchie and thanks for listening.